of Faith with Nael Pondwana, 7 to 8 p.m. Good evening and welcome. You're listening to Fact of Faith with me, Nayel Upondwana. It's 6 after 7. We are together until 8 o'clock. And we do this every Sunday, giving you the opportunity to engage and be engaged on matters pertaining to faith. Today is no different. We are now looking at stories, making headlines, including and not, well, to cause panic. But I suppose it is important that we understand where faith communities come into the whole coronavirus situation. It seems as though everyone is fearful of this virus, including people of faith. Fear over the spread of coronavirus has already interrupted and disrupted schools. It has disrupted cruise ships, flights have been downed in certain countries. And get this, religious congregations as well seem to be scared as the rest of us. For example, Australia's biggest Buddhist temple has cancelled all its events. All of their events have been cancelled, and this is because of their fear of the coronavirus. Why? Why would people of faith be like people of science who will wait for a vaccine or wait for a cure and not pray? What exactly is faith all about? If it does not mean when you have the situation, you'll be able to deal with it with your religious deity. The cancelling of these religious events, what exactly does it mean about the faith or religious institution or the people themselves? Surely we do know that especially some of these Abrahamic faiths, they believe that their faith is able to solve all problems including medical problems here is another one that seems to be scaring including communities of faith shouldn't this be the time for congregations to start praying let's make that our question isn't this your chance to prove that your faith is actually real by praying it away yeah this is a new one a new chance for you to prove that your faith is an actual fact real. Now, when we were brainstorming this, it did come across as being very, very offensive. And some of the questions that came up are, surely the fact that you're a person of faith doesn't mean you should stop drinking your medication if you're ill. You continue drinking your medication. You don't stop. Why then would we expect people to stop their medication because of faith? No, we don't expect people to stop medication, but we do hope that your faith will actually demonstrate its efficacy. What exactly is going on? What should people of faith be thinking? What should people of faith be doing? I'm Nayara Pondora. This is Facts of Faith. We're going to begin. I'm going to introduce you to our guest shortly. But first, Sylvester, let's begin. Nayel Lupondwana on SAFM. 
Hashtag SAFM Facts of Faith. Let me introduce you to our guest for tonight. We do have Eastern Zanumid Evangelist, who is a Hebrew Israelite. He's joining us in the studio. Ever so grateful that he comes to the studio. Evangelist, good evening to you, and thank you very much for agreeing to talk to us. Good evening, Nay. Good, good evening, Azania. And also, we do have Rabbi David Nossel, a community rabbi and a qualified medical doctor. Rabbi, good evening to you, and thank you very much for agreeing to talk to us. Always good to be with you, Naya. Same here. Also, Bishop Madison Pumlana, who is the General Secretary of the South African Council of Churches. Good evening to you, Bishop, and thank you very much for agreeing to talk to us. Thank you for having me, Nayed. Good evening to the other panelists and to the listeners. All right, let's get down to it. And I do want us to be very clear that the questions we're going to be asking tonight do sound like we're poking religion in the face, but the purpose of this poking is for that we may be able to get some answers, some responses, some clarity on what is going on. This is very important that we understand that when we're asking communities of faith these questions, it is not because we're trying to undermine them. We're trying to give them the opportunity to give answers to the people who are listening out there and who are watching communities of faith behaving like the rest of us, worried about this virus, this sickness. But to begin with um, uh, Bishop Mbumlan, we haven't spoken to him and the rabbi in a long while, so we're going to begin with them. Bishop Mbumlan, we're talking about a community of faith that is the biggest in South Africa, your community, which is a Christian community. And you believe in the Bible, the Christian scriptures, uh, which have many times have demonstrated how people who believe in this Jesus or Yeshua or Isa, whatever you want to call him, have been healed. It seems as though we are also afraid of something that surely should be able to be healed by Jesus. But why? Why is it that communities are still afraid of the coronavirus, this COVID-19? Well, maybe it's the question you should have asked about every other condition of health. Yeah. That everybody is afraid of all ill health in any way. Yeah. We live a normal life now, and um, in fact, <laughs> to say that uh, people must, must abandon medication because Jesus is going to heal them, Maybe it is a good time to put that question because this is the season of Lent in the Christian faith. The time that we remember the the, 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 the trials and challenges that the devil puts to Jesus. One of those was to say, throw yourself down to prove that you are the Son of God. Yes. And uh, because the angels will pick you up if you are for real. Yeah. And Jesus said, you will not put God, the Lord your God, to the test. Yeah. That is really the same principle. That one of people, and it is actually God's will, and and indeed God's grace that enables uh, humankind to find the the cures, and those have been given. Uh, you know the story of somebody that refused to take health when they were, they were, they were there was a flood, and they, they, they came a helicopter, and they said, "No, God is going to save yes, you." Yes, yes. And so on and so on and so on. But in the end, he dies, and the story goes. He goes up to heaven and says. God, why did you let me down? I said, what's for me? I sent a boat. I, I sent a... Yes, yes. yes. So I don't think that, uh, you know, uh, humankind should be foolish in this way. I think that it is appropriate to take the right health precautions that people are taking. Not because uh, uh, they don't believe in God, but because God has made it possible for all that science to be in place. 
All right. So that that's the Christian perspective. Let's begin. Let's go to uh, Rabbi Nossel. He's speaking from the perspective of the Jewish community. Uh, isn't this time for uh, people of faith, Rabbi, to stop praying so that whoever is infected with the COVID nineteen can be healed? Why do we seem to be scary cats? Um. Um, we always pray. No, we're always praying. We're always praying for those who are not well. We're always praying for those of are we praying for the ones who are well, and we're praying for ones who are, everything seems to be going well. We always need divine assistance. That's the nature of the human being. We are, uh, we, we need um, God's help. The question is, what do we need God's help for? What do, you, what do we want? What does is, what is our relationship with God entail? What is the destination? And it's very important at times like this to re-strengthen and rededicate our understanding of prayer, our relationship with God, and our own wellness. What do they mean? And I think that if I can get to the point straight away, it's important to recognize and realize that the ultimate relationship with God is not that He will look after me, but that I will, so to speak, look after Him. Is that uh, it? We're supposed to be looking after a God? Yes, yes, yes. How does it mean? How does it work? It sounds strange. I say it in, this, in a poetic way. It needs explanation. But I can give explanation. And if we think about it, I think we'd all agree. But it does require a little bit of thought and a little bit of depth. What does God ultimately want from us? Is he like a parent who sends us away and expects us to miss him and eventually run back to him and then, Oh, my God, how I missed you, how I need you, how I want to be close to you. And God says, Sure. I was, you know, I was concerned that you are going to stray and not come back to me. Is that the ultimate paradigm of a relationship with the Creator? I but don't think so. F- forgive me, Rabbi, but I, I need to hear your response here. When you're saying we are not supposed to be taken care of by God, but we are supposed to be taking care of God, what does that mean? It's the, it's the, it's the journey from God to godliness. It's the journey from being looked after by God to being like God and looking after other. That is the person of God. How does it help answer our question, should these communities of faith, particularly yours, not be praying so that people who are infected with the coronavirus or the COVID-19 should be healed? How does, how, how does your, your, your thesis help answer that question? Of course we do, but the purpose of the prayer is not to absolve ourselves of responsibility. The purpose of prayer is to ask God to enable us, to empower us, to strengthen us, to give us the ability to take care of others, to be like God. We need God's help not to abjugate our responsibilities, but on on the contrary, to, to, to harness them and to empower them and to energize them. Do you have any textual support for that thesis there, Rabbi? Rabbi? There's a number, yeah, there's a number of verses 
that uh, the, 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 the one that I'm most touched by, to be honest with you, there's a number of them, but uh, the one that touches me most is right at the beginning, and we uh, are all Abrahamic faiths that I think... Uh, not all of us, but uh, that you've invited onto your show. Yes, all, all of them here. The, the, the Hebrew Israelite is an Abrahamic. Uh, the bishop is an, you know, from the Abrahamic faith as well as yourselves. All of, your, all of our guests for tonight are, are from the Abrahamic, are of Abrahamic descent. Yes. Yeah. So thank you for that. So I understand that our patriarch Abraham was not the first person to discover God. That for sure not. For, forgive me, Rabbi. I'm really running out of time. I, I need you to show me the text that you're suggesting supports so your thesis. God says to Abraham, walk in front of me and be whole. Walk in front of me and be whole. God's not asking for us to walk behind him and ask him to do all the work. God's asking of us to be in front of him and do his work for him. That's really a person who has a deep relationship with God, who is like God, who has become adult in their relationship with God and with the world. We are healers, all of us. And where did you find this text, Rabbi? Um, I wish I knew all the text. All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I want to take a break. When we come back, I want to bring in the, the, the Hebrew Israel while you're finding the text, and then we'll give you the opportunity to share it with us. You're listening to Facts of Faith. It's 19 after 7. In July 1998, the face of South African television changed forever, and it all began with this. The loves, fears, heartaches and triumphs of the folk of the deep became ingrained in our daily lives and over the past 21 years achieved great accolades. But over the last 21 years, there has been great moments in my small town. There were wedding bells. I pronounce them husband and wife. And death knells. You killed the Foster family. No! To life in the deep, never without drama. There's no way, okay, you can be the father. It's true. They brought social issues home that touched a nerve. I've got AIDS. Your husband. And of course, some humor. Oh, I'm willing to pick a box. To all those who loved me and those who hated me, farewell. Catch the final episode of Isidingo on SABC3. Across South Africa, online and on radio. SAFM, let's talk. Welcome back. You're still listening to Facts of Faith. We're together until 8 o'clock. We're trying to get to some answers to the question, shouldn't communities of faith be focusing on prayer? Since they are known to be praying, shouldn't we be expecting them not to worry while the rest of us are not worried? Uh, we're scared out of our boots because we don't have a cure for the coronavirus. Shouldn't communities of faith say, no, don't, don't, not to worry. If you get infected, come to us. We'll heal you. We'll pray for you. You heard what Bishop Mbumlwana was saying from the Christian perspective. Don't be a fool. Don't think because you're praying you're not going to get infected. Don't test God. That's what Bishop is suggesting. And Rabbi says, well, actually, you're supposed to be godly. You have a responsibility not to abdicate it to God, but be godlike and do what you're expecting God to do. Well, let's hear the Hebrew Israelite perspective. We do have Evangelist Zanuma to give us some perspective from the Hebrew Israelite side. What's your take there? Shouldn't you be praying, Evangelist? 
Maybe before I even answer that question, would you allow me to read the scriptures? Okay. That's the basis of how I'm going to be answering. Uh, the first scripture that I'm going to read is in, from Deuteronomy chapter 7. I read 6, 7, 8, and then I'll jump to 15. He says there, For thou art a set-apart people unto Yahweh, thy Elohim. The Elohim has chosen thee to be a special people unto himself above all people that are upon the face of the earth. Yahweh did not set his love upon you nor choose you because you were more in number than any people, for you were the fewest of all. But because Yahweh loved you and because he would keep the oath which he had sworn unto your fathers, has Yahweh brought you out with mighty hand, with a mighty hand and redeemed you out of the house of bondmen from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Mizraim. Verse 15 says, And Yahweh will take away from thee all sickness, and will put none of the evil diseases of Mizraim, which thou knowest upon thee, but will lay them upon all them that hate thee. Then we jump on to Psalms 91. Psalms 91 says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High, who abides under the shadow of the Almighty. He is saying to Yahweh, my refugee and my stronghold, my Elohim in whom I trust, for he delivers you from the snare of a trapper, from the destructive pestilence. He covers you with his feathers, and under his wings you take refugee. His truth is a shield and armor. Take note of that. You are not afraid of the dread by night, of the arrow that flies by day, of the pestilence that walks in darkness, of destruction that ravages at midday, a thousand fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it does not come near you. Only with your eyes you look on and see the reward of the wrong ones, because you have made Yahweh my refugee, the Most High, your dwelling place. No evil befalls you, and a plague does not come near your tent, for he commands his messengers concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They bear you up in their hands, lest you dash your foot against a stone. Okay, I'll end there. This is the basis of our faith, that when we believe in Abba Yahuwah, he is there to protect us. And he has made that promise, and he has given us in the spirit of prophecy. If you read the book of Matthew, the book of Mark, it is very clear that it says that these things will come to happen. The pestilences, the diseases will come to happen. It's no thing to cause an alarm and a despondence amongst the believers. When you know the truth, then you are going to walk in faith. And when you walk in faith, you are not alarmed by these things. Can I ask you, can I just share with you something? I need you to get to your answer. Are you therefore saying you, you will pray? Is, is that what you're saying? We are always praying. So we always you, pray. But the basic, the basic thing, according to the scripture, what I read there, is obedience to the Torah. Yeah. It's obeying Abayawa. This very fact that you obey him, worship him in spirit and truth, and live morally yeah. according to his Torah, you are assured of recovering from him so you will not contract the COVID 19 you will not because he has promised that all right so but if it does happen yeah well even bad things happen to to, to, to the righteous ones we don't know why it would happen but this his promise this is his promise so that which the, we grasp so, 
I, I, I was hoping you wouldn't get to that last part that says, but if it does, we don't know why. Then this text you just read right now effectively flies out of the window if you're saying he says he's going to protect you, but it just might happen that you will not be protected. No, no, no. That's not what I'm saying, Nay. What I'm saying is we are living in a world of sin, right? Yes. And anything can happen for, for his own purposes. Like, for instance, he says to Job, right? He says to Satan, to Job, go. He is righteous, right? Go and test him, test him. Then he was tested with all these things, but he overcame. So I'm saying, even if the, even if the, 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 the coronavirus attacks one of us, we know and believe that Abayawa will heal them. But this, this this doesn't say that here in this text Where? that you just quoted no, right now. That what? The text that you that you will heal you. No, there are many other texts that talk about healing. Yeah, what I'm suggesting is the text that you have read right now seems to be speaking of the spirit, and I'm using now facetious terminology, that the spirit will be your vaccine. It will protect yeah. you from contracting yes. the virus. Yes, yes. You yes. put his hedge upon his people. So this hedge is not actually effective if you can contract that. No, 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 no. I'm saying, according to the will of Abba Yahweh, he does what he feels he wants to do. He may want to show his power. Yeah. Right? And let you contract it. Yeah. And pray and then that thing will go away. Yeah. So what exactly is he saying there here? Here, in this context, yeah. we are assured of protection. And this is the basis of our faith. Surely you see the contradiction here. If you are assured of protection, then there should not be anything that is going to contravene that. Protection doesn't mean that you will not get, you will not get a disease. You can get a disease and it is healed. That's what, pro- what, what does protection mean? Because if I'm protected from uh, crime, then I should not suffer crime because I'm protected. Yeah, yeah, yes, when you talk like that. But the way I'm understanding it, the protection of Abayawa is, 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 is holistic. It can go beyond even preventing. Let me give another graphic understanding of protection. When you're talking about uh, STD protection, when you use a condom for protection, you don't expect, therefore, to have uh, anything coming through. Surely protection should mean protection. That's no, what I'm trying no, to say. No, no, no. You're talking like, uh, like, an, like an earthly man. I'm talking like a spiritual man. Yeah, yeah. And, and and the way I understand his protection is not only not to get it, but his hand being on you, he can pre- he can even those things that I knew he can stop them. Yeah, well, uh, you're, you're so correct. So essentially, when he stops the disease from killing you, he has protected you. You understand that? So the protection is not from contraction, but it is the protection from death. Is that what you're suggesting? Yes. Overally, overally, the protection is from death, and it is also from from contraction. If con- if it, if you contract it, you protect you from death. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Let me read this part of what you read, and I thought it was superlatively uh, enlightening. I'm going to read from verse three: For he will rescue you from every trap and protect you from deadly disease. Yes. So when that says protect you from deadly disease, you mean you will contract it, but you will not die. Is that your interpretation? Not necessarily. Not necessarily. You may not get it. I'm saying in the event that you get it, you will still go on further to protect you from death. Here's another verse. The very one that follows. It says, he will cover you with his feathers. He will shelter you with his wings. His faithful promises are your armor and protection. And armor prevents the bullets and the the arrows from coming through. I'm not disputing that. Yeah. That's, that's that's what I've said in the first place. Yeah. So why, 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 would, why would why would why would protection then mean that the, the armor will be pierced 
but he'll remove that bullet after the surely this is there's a contradiction in interpretation it's not a there. contradiction when you look at Yahweh the way he deals with these people it's not a contradiction okay show us text that supports this this interpretation because from these texts just these two we get this strict instruction that there's going to be an armor and an armor prevents the arrows from coming through they stop the arrow they they don't allow it to get to your body or else that armor is useless isn't it no, it's not useless. Let's read again Psalm, Psalms 51. All right, we can go to Psalms 51. Rabbi, do you, did you find your text? Rabbi? Yes, Rabbi, it's Genesis chapter 17, verse 1. All right, thank you very much, Rabbi. Um, while the evangelist is paging through to Psalms 50, uh, 51, he said, I'm going to give, no, read Genesis I, I, chapter I, I, 17. I, I think I think it's not Psalms 51. Okay, you, you, yeah, you, yeah. you can find it for, for now. Yes. I'm going to read Genesis 17, verse 1. Um, it reads, When Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am El Shaddai, God Almighty. Serve me faithfully and live a blameless life. Am I reading the right text there, Rabbi? Certainly, the uh, Hebrew, it's, it's, it's the correct Hebrew, but uh, it's a very, very uh, loose translation. Yes. Um, and even just, a, maybe if I can walk you through the two words. That you can read are, your version, the one that is most comfortable for you, that will thrust your point there, Rabbi. So, so I should read what I, what I have before me? Yes, the version that you believe will make your point. That's fine. Go ahead. Read it. Right. Let's hear. So I've got a Jewish publication. It's called Art Scroll. It says like this. When Abram was 99 years old, God appeared to Abram and said to him, I am El Shaddai. Walk before me and be perfect. Okay. So that interpretation would mean what? What would be your interpretation of walking before me? Because this interpretation suggests that God wants you to do as he instructs you. Work, serve me faithfully and live a blameless life. Yes. So what would be your interpretation there, Rabbi? I'm very happy, Naya, that you have your, your translation. The two of them come back together very beautifully. What does it mean to have be faithful? Is that what yours has, be faithful? Yes, mine says serve me faithfully and live a blameless life. Yes. Faithfulness is walking in front of God. That is the whole point. The whole point is God is saying, can you be a partner with me? Or are you a dependent on me? But still that doesn't help us understand what you were suggesting, that we are supposed to be keeping God. It's not God supposed to be keeping us. That text still doesn't help us understand what point you were making, or does it there, Rabbi? Well, I think so. What I'm trying to share with you, Naya, is that the true destination of a relationship with God is not that He will do everything and I am safe doing nothing. The true relationship is not one of faith. It's one of faithfulness. And the faithfulness is, walk ahead of me, says God. Be like me, not to be the opposite of me. Of course I can take care of you. Of course I can give you antivirals. Of course I can remove everything from you. I put them in the first place. What, I can't save you? But that's not the goal. The goal is not that I'm great and you small. The the goal is that I'm great and you equally, equally is hard to say, but you are also great. 
All right. Let, oh. let's, let's swing back to, to, to the evangelist. Did yes, you find your text, yes, evangelist? Yes, I found it. 103, Psalms 103. Another, another thing that Yahuwah does to you when you are afflicted. Oh, he says 103. Let's start from verse, verse 3. Oh, let's just read verse 3. Who forgives all your crookednesses or your sins? Right. Who heals all your diseases? Who redeems your life from destruction? Who crowns you with loving commitment and, and compassion? Who satisfies your desire with good? So when I read Psalms 91, it's not the only thing that Abayawa does to us in the face of any, any infliction or calamities. No. In all calamities, Abayawa comes to us either to protect us, to heal us, to, to mend us, to redeem us. All these are aspects of Yahuwah All right. in the face of anything that Let me is chew dangerous that, to us. Uh, I'm going to read that in my version, then I'm going to ask us to, to, to swing to now a question that I was hoping we would not get to, but I see the tenor of our conversation. Verse 3 says, He forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases. This we know is not true because we know of people of faith whose diseases have not been healed. Verse 4 says, He redeems me from death and crowns me with love and tender mercies. Again, we know men of faith, all the prophets, for example, were not redeemed from death. So we would love to get an explanation. What would then be the correct hermeneutic there? Because with people of faith, including prophets, the greatest of them all, whether it's major prophets or minor prophets, they did see death and they have not been redeemed from death. And they have, they have seen sickness and we still see men of the cloth right now who are seeing sickness, men and women of God. So what is the correct hermeneutic there, evangelist? Yes. Yes, like we said, you look for instance at Job. Job got sick, but he was a man of Abayahua. You know, there is this first death, which is our lot, all of us. Yeah. Right? I think uh, maybe very few people who are living right at the end of the time will not experience this death. But by and large, all of us, we are going to die, whether you believe or you don't believe. Yeah. Right. But when the scripture talks about being redeemed from death, it's not necessarily talking about this first death yeah. that we're going to be redeemed from. Because the scripture talks about the second death, it, it talks about resurrection. So, yeah. so, so this redemption, my understanding to it is, is referring to the final redemption when all who are righteous are going to be saved. All right. I want to go back to, to, to the bishop. Bishop, there's a text that I want to bring to all of your attention, and I'm going to ask you to respond to it first. This is found in the book of Deuteronomy. This is a very famous text that many uh, men of the cloth only quote the first part. This is Deuteronomy 28, the blessings part. You were blessed going in, coming out, but we don't always read the last part of the, cha of the chapter. Deuteronomy 28, I'm going to begin by reading from verse 15. And God says here, But if you refuse to listen to the Lord your God, and do not obey all the commands and decrees I am giving you today, all these curses will come, and come over you and overwhelm you. Your towns and your fields will be cursed. Your fruit baskets and breadboards, 
will be cursed. Your children and your crops will be cursed. The offspring of your herds and flocks will be cursed. Wherever you go and wherever you do, whatever you do, you will be cursed. The Lord himself will send on you curses, confusion, and frustration in everything you do until at least at last, you are completely destroyed for doing evil and abandoning me. The Lord will afflict you with diseases until none of you are left in the land you are about to enter and occupy. The Lord will strike you with wasting diseases, fever, fever, and inflammation, with scorching heat and drought, and with blight and mildew. These disasters will pursue you until you die. The skies above will be as unyielding as bronze, and the earth beneath will be as hard as iron. The Lord will change the rain that falls on your land into powder, and dust will power will pour down from the sky until you are completely destroyed. The Lord will cause you to be defeated by your enemies. You will attack your enemies from on the direction, but you will scatter from them in seven. You will be an object of horror to all the kingdoms of the earth. And it continues and continues and continues there. But I, I, I was shocked to, to discover verse 22 there. The Lord will strike you with wasting diseases, fever. And inflammation with scorching heat and drought and blah, 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 blah. Is it possible, uh, Bishop, that this coronavirus, this COVID-19 <laughs> is from your God? <laughs> He's mentioning fever right there. <laughs> and coronavirus. Well, 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 before I answer your question, I would like to just say, uh, I'm reflecting on what the gentleman that I was talking just now. Uh, the verse in, 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 in Psalm 91 about the protection lest you dash your foot against a stove is the very one that the devil used against you that's right that's right he responded yeah yes. i did not know that uh, there were faith communities that hold on to that very verse as the ultimate but that's that obviously people believe as they do and uh, the, the the reason why we believe in the new testament now mm. and in the salvation in christ is that all of us as is indeed the New Testament position. All of us are sinners. In other words, we, if that were intended for our sins, we all deserve it. But we have salvation in Christ. This is why there's a new dispensation in Christ. And, and I therefore would like to say uh, that we cannot use the Old Testament without balancing it with the, with the grace of the New Testament. Because the New Testament ushers in an era of grace and, and that is why the book of Hebrews will say, God has spoken in the past through his prophets, but in latter days through his son. And this is the message of grace. We are in an era of grace, not in an era of that terrible condemnation of fire and brimstone. So what does that mean there, Bishop? Does it mean that um, before, and I want you to be very clear here, before the New Testament writers came, that text was not true? Because New Testament writers come years down the line after this has been written, put down in the, in, 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 in the Pentateuch. So I'm curious to understand, are you suggesting that the book of Deuteronomy was waiting for New Testament writers to balance it before it can be truthful? What exactly does it mean about the truthfulness of that text before the existence of the text, New Testament? That text, that text would not, it was obviously, it, this is a message to the, to the, to, to the community of, of the Israelites as they are transitioning into a new era. And they have been warned about 
how they should conduct themselves. It also goes together with Leviticus, uh, which says, "Do not do the things that you that you that you learn from Egypt. Do not do the things that you'll find amongst the Canaanites." And it is a way of getting this community to sort of toe the line and be battled into a form of ethical uh, conduct that is acceptable to God. Uh, and now, this is not intended, this was not written for the whole world. It became ours in the era of grace because we did not, as Christians, become Christian only with the Old Testament. We became Christians together with the New Testament. The Old Testament was intended for a specific community. It gets universalized in fact, in Christ. All right. One of the lines for you, gentlemen, 0891-104-207, that text, Deuteronomy, read it for yourself, Deuteronomy 28, verse 22, the Lord will strike you with wasting diseases, fever, and inflammation, uh, which gives rise to the question, shouldn't we be praying to this God to take away his fever? Is it possible that this is his fever? He's the one that has given us this fever? 0891-104-207, 0891-104-207. Let's go to Cape Town. Colin is in Cape Town. Good evening, Colin. Good evening, Noel. I'm trying to get through to you since 10 past 7. Oh, you're now, so kind. I, I was patience. told by your producer to hurry up and make quick, 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 quick. Go ahead, go ahead, Colin. Noel, mm. nobody on this earth is infallible. Okay. There will be diseases. There will be consequences, there will be everything. No matter how much you pray and no matter how much you believe in, if God willingly wants to take a human being off this earth, God will do it. Thank you, Naya. Whoa, 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 wait, Colin. What are you, what are you saying? Are, are you saying what that I'm doesn't, saying you can pray all you like, but nothing's going to change? Prayer is of no use, of no efficacy? What I'm trying to say, if your time is there and God wants to take you, yeah, because you can't live for 999 years like Methuselah. So, you can have faith. You can be cured for a time, but your time is there. In other words, from the time you are born, God already knows when you are going. So, what I'm saying is, Naya, that nobody's infallible. We're all going to have diseases. We're all going to have sickness. We're all going to have this. But through the faith of God, it may be cured or prolonged, but we're all going to go. All right. Thank you very much. Uh, appreciate your call there, uh, Colin. Appreciate it. All right. Let me read. Uh, uh, is this an email or email email all right there's the text all right all right here's the text there it reads um a few things as pointers to the answer one adam and eve were to feed on the tree of life for the sustenance of life medicinal two the bible talks of the balm of gilead medicinal three in heaven there will be three for the healing of the nations medicinal Four, Jesus met a blind man, spat on him. <laughs> he put this on the eyes and the blind man received his sight, medicinal. From this, it shows that the use of medicines is not indicative of the absence of faith in God. Dr. Larry Joa or Yawa in Cape Town. 
He didn't spit on him, Dr. Larry. Oh, I spat on the ground, made paste, and then put that paste of mud on the eyes. But I get your point. I'm going to have my guests respond. Um, Rabbi, you can respond uh, first for, to, to Colin, and then I'd like to hear your response to this verse that we find in your uh, Torah. Yeah, Deuteronomy 28, uh, verse 22. The Lord will strike you with wasting diseases. Fever! being the scary word there, uh, fever and information with scorching heat and blah, blah, blah. So I'd like to hear your response to Colin uh, and and then that text, your response to that text. Maybe I'll start with the second one, if that's okay. That's all right. Um, Go ahead. No, I think that you are right. (laughs) I think that that verse uh, contains uh, coronavirus disease 2019, COVID-19. And the reason for that is, if you don't mind me spending one or two minutes on a little bit of medicine, maybe all the listeners are aware of this, it's valuable information. Okay, just just one minute if you can, please. Yes, Reverend. I will do. Okay. I know, I know what you want uh, to talk about in the program. A virus is a particle. It's an um, infectious agent or germ, which consists of two things, an outer envelope and an inner piece of genetic material. That's all. It cannot exist by itself. It cannot breathe. It cannot produce anything. It cannot do anything by itself. Its only opportunity of survival is when it infects someone or something else. It goes into the host. Its envelope becomes involved in the outer membrane of the host cell. It injects its gene into the cell, and that gene takes over the mechanism of the cell. It hijacks the cell to do one thing and one thing only, to make more virus. And it makes so much virus out of the cell that it pops and the cell explodes and more vir- the viruses are released to do the selfish act again. That's a virus. The spiritual message of viral disease is that it adds nothing. A virus adds nothing. It's all about self. It's all about what I can use from other for my own benefit. This is the spiritual message we have to be concerned for. When we use anything in life, including our spirituality, in order to take from other, we are infected with a viral attitude. And we get hot. You know what we get hot with? We get hot with ourselves. We be taken, we swept over with our own heat and our own energy and our own existence. And this is what the Torah, this is the Word of God. Be careful that you don't use life or your relationship with me to be selfish. We of the Abrahamic religions are healers. We are not people with ailment. We are not infected. We are people who alleviate. And the way we do this is we give them this message. Don't be a taker in life. Don't be here for yourself. Don't think only of what's good for you. Be there for other. Take care of other. If we do that, the coronavirus will go poof and disappear. Okay. 
All right. Uh, the, the, the caller, Colin, suggests that it really doesn't matter if God has appointed your time, your time will be up. Well, we are, we're not, uh, we're not uh, Adam who was created immortal. We are slowly, each of us are uh, here to correct a certain amount. But our humility understands that we are not able to heal the entire world. And so we heal the little bit, and God gives us 70 years, and if we're strong, 80 years. Nowadays, through the, through the medical advancements and God's kindness, he gives us sometimes 90 and even 100 years. But none of us should think that we are so great that we're going to fix up the entire world and we're going to be immortal. That, uh, our tradition says, will only happen you know, with a, a, an event of uh, cosmic proportion, call it the Messiah. But be that as, until then, we each have to deal with and correct and heal that which is within our grasp. And then we hand our, soul, our bodies back to the earth, our souls back to heaven, and we say, well, we tried our best. All right, That's got it. Humility. Got it. All right, evangelist? Yeah, you know what? I want to dwell much on this cor- coronavirus thing. Go ahead. Right. You know, I'm not saying people should not take protective measures or, or, or protect themselves from, from, from this ailment. But I'm saying that I think we need to be wise when we come across things like that, even as people of faith or people that believe, we need to investigate and find out things. You know, I was just surprised today when I was actually making my research. What I found out from, from the statistics from 2016 and 2018, I saw that uh, uh, here in Africa, we've got uh, worldwide cases of malaria that amount to about 228 million. And we've got 405 deaths, 405,000 deaths in Africa. But we never hear anyone speaking and talking about all these calamities that are here right now. If you compare the statistics that we have in malaria in TB in Africa and compare it with what the coronavirus has done and the the amount of media and attention that it is being given, yet this which is actually decimating and destroying lives, it doesn't doesn't attract that kind of of, uh, attention. Why? Why are we elevating this coronavirus to, to unproportionately so high, high alertness when there are things that are killing our people, that are killing us, that needs more attention than, 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 than this coronavirus? The, the, the answer is simple there, and I've, I've been listening to the, that argument, and we've been trying to, to, to address it. As members of the media, and I'm going to respond from that perspective, as members of the media, we have a responsibility to give you all the information about things that you have no knowledge about. If there is no knowledge about about the treatment of the COVID-19, for example, we need you that information. For example, there is already treatment for TB, tuberculosis. It has been managed. It has been able to be treated. There are pills. Then there's medication for malaria. And all of these, we are not talking about them anymore. But when they came in, we did talk about them, and they were a big issue, including with the HIV virus. We were talking about it when it came in up until we were able to understand it, and we've been giving information regularly so that everyone can understand it. And that is why there's not much news about even the HI virus. So right now, there is COVID-19. There has not been any medication developed to deal with it. The management is still evolving, and we're still being told that let it just wear itself out. That's what uh, Minister Keys was talking about, that you just let it wear it out. After 14 days, it should, it should just get out of your body by itself. So we're giving you information because the, the world today still doesn't have a management or a treatment or a 
pill or medication to deal with COVID-19. So we have a responsibility to give you that information as much as possible to prevent it, to manage it, and to avoid it. Yes, I get you. I understand completely. But you should do more justice to the things that are actually destroying more life. Because if you paid that attention, that much attention to these diseases that I'm talking about, so that you pe- people people are that has been informed. done, that has no, been no, done, no, 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 that has been continue. done. Right now, we have we 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 have those treatments for it. There's no need for it to right now. Each and every time we are going to be talking about something, it is because there is need, there is public interest for it. But as far as TB is concerned, all we do now is to tell you to keep eating your medication. There is medication. That's basically all that we can give you information about. Keep eating your medication or else you'll be extreme resistant and so forth and so forth and but so there, forth. There's but much, there's much more than med- medication, you see. That's why, that's why we are, we, I, I'm coming up. There is much more than just medication. People must be taught to live morally right. People must be taught to eat right. Well, that's People your must, job. You, you, you know, that, that's, to, to moralize, it's, that's your job. Want us to go back to you, give us what, the responses what, there. What, what about eating right? Sure. Again, I'm saying if you're talking about being moral, we'll, we'll leave that up to you. Ask us to give us give you information without moralizing. Please respond to that verse 22. How does the Hebrews or like community respond to verse 22? Because you said the God that you worship will protect you from all this. If he doesn't, he will heal you when it has uh, affected you. Right. But here it suggests that he's the did, one that's giving did, you the did, very virus. Did you hear what I said? I said if we live according to his moral standards, of if course. we obey his Torah, yeah. he will protect us. If if we have his character in us, he will protect us yeah. from all these things. But when we He'll give it to when, you. When, we, when you disobey when we him, disobey, he will give you he to will, you. He will let everything that is attacking you come no, to you. No, this one doesn't say that. This Verse 22, that's why I want you yes, to respond. He, yes, he, he says he will give it to you. Yes. The Lord will strike you with yeah. wasting diseases, fever. Doesn't even say, I, I heal and I, 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 I kill. I kill. Doesn't he say that? He is okay. over and above everything. All right. So he has got the, he has got the power and authority to do anything that he so wishes to happen. All right. That's why he's going to destroy those that have disobeyed him at the end of the time. All right. right? He is the Almighty. He has got power. He has got authority. And, and but before we get there, he wants us to to enter into a loving relationship with him. All right. You so know, what's your I, answer? I, 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 I'm going to say. You see, the, the, the hold on, evangelist. I, I want us to to to, to conclude this book, but five minutes now. So what you're saying is you do accept that this verse. Could be referring to also the virus. God could be yes. striking us because we're not the, the, l- following according to your interpretation. Listen, there is nothing that, that happens on this earth that is not under his control. Okay. Everything that happens on this earth is under his control. But let me hasten to say this. This Elohim that we worship does not start to be gracious in the New Testament. All right. He has been gracious in eternity past. And he was gracious to our forefathers. Even when... When, when Masha was speaking, all right, all he right. says he's gracious. I want, us to conclude. I want us to conclude. We have now remaining four minutes. I want to give each and every one of you one minute to respond. The solution. I'm going to begin with the bishop. Bishop Bumran, solution. Yes, what are you sir. suggesting? One minute. A solution. Bishop? Can the bishop hear me? All right, let's Hello. move on. Bishop, can you hear me? Hello. Can you hear me, bishop? Yes, I hear you. Okay. You, you want one minute, Bishop. What do you propose now is a solution? How do we move forward from here? One minute, sir. I'm saying that we should do exactly what is required of us in terms of using the creativity that is given to us to produce uh, solutions in terms of medication. Remember that human beings are created in the image of God, and God is creator. Therefore, the creative element of our lives is in itself a, a glorifying God, and there's nothing wrong at all 
with saying when there's a new disease, whatever uh, outbreak, we find the solution through the creativity that is given to us in dedication. All right, thank you very much, Bishop. Let's go to the rabbi. Rabbi, from the Jewish perspective, what then do we do from here now on? From here now on, Naya, we take on the responsibility of being healers, and the healing is to be like God. As it says, God created man in his image. In the image of God, he created him. We are supposed to be like God. We're supposed to be taking care of others. When we become less self-focused and less worried about ourselves being infected and more worried about that others shouldn't be infected and to care of those who are ill and sick, the more we care about others, the less we will be viral in nature, the less we'll be selfish, the more we will be like God, and the less God will have to remind us, what, you people are here as takers or you here as givers? That's the message. Thank you very much, Rabbi Evangelist. Yes, I, 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 I know that the solution lies in obeying Yahuwah. The solution lies in us living the life that he said we must live so that we don't have diseases. But when we have intimate connection with, say, for instance, animals that he says don't touch, don't eat a bait, don't eat snacks, don't eat pigs, and people go on to eat those things, they are supposed and they are liable to get diseased. So when we disobey what he has said in his word, we are prone to get diseases. But we could help ourselves by living according to the Torah, by obeying every word that comes out of his mouth. And when we do that, he is faithful enough to guard us and protect us from all these things. So I'm, I'm appealing to the, to, 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 to the people that believe, that worship Abba Yahuwah, Allahim of the Israelites, that what they must do is go back, find out what you must do, how you should live your lives in your homes, in your communities, and live according to the Torah. I'm telling you, all these problems, they will vanish from, from our midst because he has said so, and his word is truth. He is not man that he should lie. When he says, I will protect you, indeed, he will protect us. All right. Thank you very much. Appreciate all your contributions. Gentlemen, to uh, Easton's new evangelist, who is a Hebrew Israelite, thank you very much to you, sir, and also for coming through to the studio. We'll also thank Rabbi David Nossel, a community rabbi. He's a quality medical doctor. That's why I suppose he is emphasizing that point that we are supposed to be doing this ourselves. Thank you very much to you, Rabbi. And also Bishop Manusim Bumlan. Bishop Mbumlan are coming through and talking to us as the General Secretary of the South African Council of Churches. To you, Bishop, thank you very much for coming through and talking to us. We really appreciate your time. All right, we have an email address um, that would like to encourage you, Joey, uh, to just, show, just open that email address. We have a new email address we would like to offer you. If you have ideas of what you'd like us to talk about, would like to dedicate year 2020 to a year where would have at least one of the conversations we'll have will be coming from you if there's something that you believe needs to be addressed on this show would like to give you that chance and uh, the email address is factsoffaith at safm.co.za factsoffaith at safm.co.za and try this again one last time this is the email you can send to my producer who's going to be reading your emails Every once in a month, we will take one of your topics and we'll tackle them on air. That means you get to have a say in what happens on air. Send your subject matter, your ideas, your topics, your ideas for facts of faith to that email address, factsoffaith at safm.co.za. From me, Nayelu Pondona, and the team, Joey and Sylvester, have a wonderful evening. And Godspeed.